Welcome everybody, not your mama's Christian podcast, a Christian podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I'm your host, Shane. Eric, <laughs> what you got? I kind of didn't. I thought Mozart was stupid, but I like when you breathe. <laughs> uh, I didn't do it. Yeah. I, I will say that. Is that. Did you just compliment me? A little bit. Hey, happy sibling day. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. Happy National Sibling Day. <laughs> That's such a stupid holiday. Oh, I, 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 there's like weird holiday. Isn't there like National like Coffee Day and yeah. like National Donut Day or well, something? One thing we did today that was funny uh-huh. is we both posted pictures of Happy Sibling Day, just Happy Sibling Day, and we cut our sister out of the yeah. picture. Yeah, yeah. Like in mine, you can see half her face on the side, yeah. just you and me. Uh-huh. And then yours, you wrote like Happy Sibling Day over top of her. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> oh, man. We are so funny. Oh, man. She didn't stand a chance. Yeah. Hey, uh-huh. um, can you tell my voice is still like, I, I mean, lost it this weekend yeah. and I'm still trying to get it back. Well, here's the thing. Your voice is already the worst voice I've ever heard. <laughs> it's a pretty, I, you know what? I know you're trying to hurt me and assault me, <laughs> but you're right. It's not <laughs> it's a good voice. Terrible. I understand. And I don't have, a, mine isn't much better, but it is a little better. I will. I'll, Mine's a little nasally because uh, my nose problems. Because of, because of why? I have polyps up my nose. Yeah. I might not. Look that up. Google it. Oh, gosh. I have it, like 20 of them up there. disgusting. <laughs> You've never seen them. You, no, when you talk about them. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so first off, I, I we're so sorry. I yeah, we sincerely want to apologize because today, if you listen to it, the day it came out, it's Wednesday. It's a day late. It's a day late. We're recording this at ten twenty on Tuesday. We should have already had yep. this episode out today. Yep, we are it, really behind the eight ball. This is the first time we have done this, oh, and I feel so in, terrible. In about almost it. two years, we let people down. Mm. We told you. Every Tuesday, we will be there for you. Yeah. And you woke up this morning or yesterday morning. And you were like, where's my episode? Yeah. And you're like, what happened? Where's, where and, are those nasally annoying voices? And we were not there. We apologize. Giving their opinion that I didn't ask for. <laughs> we had a really busy pastor weekend. We had this big conference we had to go to all weekend. Yeah. And we forgot to record the intro to this episode. Mm-hmm. And then it was late Monday. We didn't get home until like 1030, I think. Yeah, um, after being in meetings all day long. Yeah, it was man. a big it's board just... meeting for our denomination. We got there at 8 in the morning. We didn't leave until 10.30 at night. Yeah. The last thing I felt like doing was recording an episode. The last thing you felt like doing was that. So we're like, let's just do it tomorrow. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can understand, right? Like, life happens. Life happens. Life happens sometimes, and and we're sorry, but just relax, all yeah. right? Which is, you got it. Yeah, this isn't... Here it is. This isn't costing you anything. Yeah, unless you're on. Unless you're an NYMer, then yeah. you did pay for your episode. For you guys, I apologize. You're not an NYMer. I don't care yeah, you. Yeah, come on. Your, your list is mean nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's not true. Please, please don't turn it off. Hey, and, at the, and while you're at it, could you please give us a nice five-star review? Yes. And Because uh, we haven't asked for that in a while. But those those really mean a lot. And uh, yeah, Give us a five-star and then review us. And it, it's not for us, okay? Let me just say it. <laughs> it's not for us. It's so that we can look better on iTunes. Well, I will Which say, I guess it is for us. <laughs> that is for us. It's all for us. Yeah, yeah. Five-star reviews help us 
um, get noticed by other people. Mm -hmm. So we have seen um, more listeners recently. It's because we've been getting reviews. So continue to do that. That would be awesome. We've gotten some more recently, but yeah. we, we could always use more. Yeah. So And this is why we could use more, because Eric has something big coming up uh, pretty pretty much any day now. It could be. I might have to stop eventually. But yeah, uh, Erica is due on the 21st, so uh-huh. it's, we're still a little bit away. But this being our third kid... And our last kid, um, <laughs> <laughs> third kid, last kid, um, God willing, then it, it normally the third kid comes earlier, which mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe any of that crap. Anyways, um, they always say early, late, whatever. Uh, well, I'm sure Noah, who, mm-hmm. what's his, is his name, will be here late like always. But we, I don't know if I can record next week. I, we're we're yeah. tricky, so we're going to have to record a couple episodes back to back just to make sure we don't miss again because we already let you down once. We can't let you down two weeks right, in a row. Right, right. And, and obviously, Eric is more concerned about the birth of his son than he is about the listeners. Well, you know what? You could do an episode without me and edit it yourself and then post it yourself. Um, I, don't, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Exactly. <laughs> so, I, I, But I could record it. Yeah, I and I would nail it. Could you? Would you do it by yourself? I wonder how an episode completely solo would sound, like a sermon. It, yeah, it would be. It'd be <laughs> weird. It'd just be a sermon. Remember when we had transition from three hosts to two? Yeah, that was weird. And imagine going from two to one. That yeah. would be. If I if I had to record without you, I would just get some random person to be yeah, to be to me. be uh, the guest host, and it would be they way would be and better. the listeners would be very disappointed. No, like, they would be. It not would match be up. way better. But yeah, so you got a kid on the way any day now, and uh, uh, that is always a pretty pretty stressful time. Well, what I've realized, and for those of you that um, are are listening um, that have more kids um, or have any kids i keep hearing when i went from zero kids to one everyone told me that's the hardest transition mm-hmm. like going from no kids to one kid that i had had brooklyn it was a hard transition just because you're going from not being parent to a parent but it was, wasn't that bad and then i say i had my wife had <laughs> had her and then um she said and then um next after that when we went from one to two everyone said that's the hardest transition because now you have two kids you gotta worry about so we had that, and that was I so, guess, hard so it gets harder. And then now that we're having two to three, everyone keeps telling me that's the hardest transition. Like so, basically, I found out it just sucks having more kids. I guess at what point where at what point is it when when they're just like ah, it's the same. I hear what's the difference between six and seven kids? Three or four, I hear is there's no difference. Really, three, three, four, five. I don't. I. I People say there's after, no difference until they get to be in college. Yeah, because <laughs> the analogy is you have one kid, you can double team them. You have two kids, you do man to man defense. You have three kids, it's, it's a zone, zone defense. Zone defense yeah. Don't let up a big play, and that's what three kids is. What everyone said, and three, four, three, five, three and beyond. whatever. Yeah, it's 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 all the same after that. But yeah, um, I am actually pretty nervous about having three kids. I would take Brooklyn Savannah to the grocery store, mm-hmm. and I think. That's already hard. And I think, imagine adding a baby to this mix. Everything's going to be so much harder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's sometimes where I see, like, because um, I always do my grocery shopping on like Mondays with our day off. I don't know. You, yeah. you do the same. And it's nice because it's not crowded. But that the people who are there are the stay at home moms normally with all their kids. Yeah. And I, every once in a while I see a and mom. And us too, the stay at home dads. And, yeah. And the, <laughs> the only, the only stay at home dads. <laughs> and, uh, and the, 
I, whenever I see a mom with like three kids, it looks terrible. I'm always like, oh man, yeah. that there's looks times rough. where, where and and the mom is a trooper. The yeah. mom is just like you, you, the mom is either just like you know what, I don't care what you do, yeah, because at that point it's just like whatever, yeah. or they're, they're trying to control them and do everything, and they're yeah. like, God, stop this, don't take this, don't grab that. It's it looks crazy. I, a lot of times I will say to like say to a mom, oh. Look who it is. We got to pause for a second. Oh. Come in here. Come in here. Got the, somebody just the, walked in. Somebody just walked in. It was. It's the ex-host of Not Your Mom's Can you say hi to everybody? Hey, everybody. Oh, that voice sounds so good. What? It is, young man, it is 1030 at night. What are you doing it, home right on. now? I didn't expect to walk in to see you guys. Do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I before we record, I said if he comes in, yeah, I'm gonna make sure we say something to him. Um, so, do you miss being a, on a podcast or not really? <laughs> uh, sometimes. <laughs> not, he's totally just looking at Eric like, how long is this gonna go on? <laughs> yeah, uh, we we don't have to, we don't have to force you to do any more, buddy. Yeah, don't worry about it. Did um, a good job, man. <laughs> hey, but who do we have on the episode today? Yeah, so today we have a good interview with a guy named Nestor Aparicio, uh, nasty Nestor Aparicio. Mm-hmm. He is um, mm-hmm. he's actually a Baltimore sports talk radio host. Uh, he's uh, has a radio station in Baltimore uh, called fifteen seventy WNST, and um, he's a guy that I've grown up listening to. I've listened to for a long time in Baltimore sports, and we talked about how. We are big sports fans, actually huge sports fans, and, and we're big Baltimore guys. So um, I, I reached out to Nestor because he has a really cool story um, and a really inspirational story about something that's happened with his, with his wife and his family. So I am going to warn you, if you are not a sports fan, we do talk about sports because you have to. You have to. You have a sports guy on. Yeah, we, we, had, a, we sports, had to bring it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We had a sports guy on, but it, that's not the whole conversation. We yep. we just wanted to ask him his opinion of the Orioles because I wanted to know. Yeah, you know? we're Orioles fans. <laughs> yeah, so. we're Orioles fans. And and a little bit about baseball. And we also talked about he gives us great information on where to get the best crab cake, all these sort of things. So yeah. So he, he, we we talked to him about some more things beyond um, just what's going on, what what has happened with his family. But uh, so this is our, our interview with Nestor. Ratio from 1570 uh, WNST. Check it out. All right, so we're here with Nestor Aparicio from 1570 WNST uh, AM uh, on uh, down here in Baltimore, and we're excited to talk to Nestor a little bit about uh, his story. And uh, But first, before we jump into uh, exactly what we want to talk about, could you just give us, Nestor, a little bit of background as to who you are, where you grew up, uh, a little bit about Baltimore, some of those things? Be careful. It's a you know, <laughs> slippery slope getting me on an elevator speed. <laughs> I've done sports radio here for 27 years. I've done sports media for 34 years now, beginning at the News American back in the 80s and then the Baltimore Sun. Mm -hmm. I was a sports writer. I was a music critic. And in 1991, I left the Sun to create a sports radio show with a guy named Kenny Albert, who's now the voice of the New York Rangers. And probably seen him on MLB and Fox and all sorts of places. Uh, The son of Marv Albert. He was here doing Baltimore Skipjacks games. And I was the hockey writer in 1989, 90, 91. Hence my relationship with Barry Trotz, mm-hmm. who uh, is now the Caps coach, who was a Skipjacks coach 
uh, almost 30 years ago. Yeah. And for the last 27 years, I've done sports radio. The last 20 years at WNST, I bought uh, a sports radio station in the summer of 1998. So this is my 20th year of having the station. And I've operated it in uh, all sorts of ways. I was nationally syndicated at the mm-hmm. turn of the century on one-on-one sports, which later became Sporting News Radio. Um, and, uh, you know, we're a little different. I, <laughs> what we do in Baltimore is not – I, I haven't found anyone who does sort of kind of what I do in America. Uh, I'd like to meet him or her if I get that opportunity <laughs> to see if they're as crazy as I am, I guess. Yeah, that's great. Um, being we're, – we're from Baltimore, obviously, so we're big – Ravens fans, Orioles fans. We have people that listen from everywhere, but we have a good amount of people that listen from Baltimore. Uh, I need to know your take on the Orioles this year. What are you expecting this year? Well, I think your expectations go up when they get a couple of pitchers. Um, yeah. you know, they're seeing the Astros early this, this week, and uh, the Astros have two pitchers in Verlander and Cole that they didn't have this time last year, and they believe that they could win the World Series last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone believed that where the Orioles were when they went to spring training that they could win the World Series, mm-hmm. let alone compete, let alone win, you know, 81 games, be a 500 team. You spent $53 million on Alex Cobb, who's the best pitcher in the market. They're going to miss a start or two for him in April. And I think every start's going to be important for them. Um, I think we saw the first weekend they're going to have some nights trouble hitting the baseball because they're an all-or-nothing kind of team. I mean, yeah. they're not... Um, they're not going to steal bases. They're not going to move runners. They're not going to play traditional small ball. They're going to play the beer league softball mm-hmm. that they've been playing the last five years. And yeah. They're going to need better pitching than what they've had. Uh, I don't know what that means in regard to Cashner and Cobb. I, uh, I thought they were a 75 win team. I think with Cashner and Cobb, I made them an 85 win team, yeah. which puts them on the fringe of being semi-relevant i guess and you know if semi-relevant's okay but you're in a division with the yankees and the red sox and obviously we're going to see what the astros have this week and Mm -hmm. the indians are a great team as well i don't know how the orioles are going to be they're going to need a lot of things to go right to be the fifth best team in the american league uh time will tell they've got so many guys between Duquette and Showalter, let alone Machado, Adam Jones, Brock, and Britton, uh, entering the, the walk year on their deals, that there's a notion that all of them are playing for their supper, so to speak. And, and we saw in the offseason that the market wasn't strong for guys like Adam Jones, mm-hmm. 30-something-year-old outfielder. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of numbers these guys put up, whether yeah. they're competitive yeah. or not. But they're going to need better pitching than – yeah. what they've had, and they probably need better pitching than what I even perceive that yeah, they yeah, have yeah. with Cobb and Tillman and some of these guys that may or may not uh, you know, look like uh, effective Major League pitchers in the summer of 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. And uh, one of the biggest questions that we get all the time being from Baltimore, and I'm sure that you get, and, and, and I'm sure you have an answer to this, is where is the best crab cake to get? Do you have a favorite place to get to get a good crab cake or the best one in Baltimore? I'm jaded, right? Because I I have more than one sponsor uh-huh. that serves crab cakes. I've I was never going to ask that. Well, what's your sponsor? <laughs> I, and what's your favorite? I have never bragged on a bad sponsor when it comes to a crab cake. Right now, we have four current sponsors, and I would implore all of you to go to 
all four locations and try a crab cake. First uh-huh. off, you're up in Harford County, Box Hill Pizzeria. Yeah. Those are the big softball-style uh, crab cakes. They're doing some renovations up there uh, in, in Abington right now. They also, all of my uh, uh, sponsors actually deliver them for the holidays, so you can order from all of them. Michael's Cafe in Timonium, obviously, if you're up on the north side of the Beltway, uh, had a crab cake up there with Coach Trotz last Thursday. We did our event there. Mm-hmm. Many, many crab cakes with my mom at Costas uh, over the North Point, yeah. Ferris Point yeah. area. Uh, you know, Hoda eats them, Kathy Lee eats them, Bucky Lassick, when he comes into town, he eats them. And then, of course, there's Al Seafood, where I probably had, I don't know if I had my first crab cake at Al Seafood in Essex, but I would say among the first crab cakes I ever had, because they've been there the longest, and uh, my parents, you know, we grew up on the east side, and, and what is now considered Dundalk. When I was a kid, it was still considered an extension of Highland Town, or maybe where Highland Town met Essex, where East Point Mall is, right on the the edge of the county, where the county meets the city line. But we always traversed Dundalk and Essex um, and Highland Town. That was like our neck of the woods. And Al Seafood was a staple down in Essex, and Big Al was a uh, a bone marrow transplant survivor who survived uh, for 27 years after his bone marrow transplant, first one, mm-hmm. uh, a trial, and, and we lost. Big Al about four months ago. So mm. there's your travelogue. Uh, yeah. you know, it feels like yeah. around Baltimore and Crab Cakes. I promise you, you will not go wrong at any of the aforementioned locations. Um, you know, you can, like at Box Hill, they prefer that you, they serve them broiled. That's their traditional way to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm a fried guy. Okay. If I can order it fried, if you will fry it for me, I will eat it fried. No questions asked. I, I don't. I had the kid Barry Trotz about the Michael's crab cake because he had it. I said it's skinny. You know, when you get it broiled, <laughs> it's like skinny. I'm not in a skinny mood when I'm eating crab cakes. I want a crab cake. I want a big fat French fry. I want some. Uh, I want some really nice cocktail. Uh, I might even want a little leaf of uh, lettuce, like a little you know bed of uh, a little salad with that. Mm-hmm. Um, some good dressing with that maybe. But I, you know, I always want some coleslaw. Some some. Thick French fries and a fried crab cake, and my mom would say mustard and and mm. crackers, saltines. But I, I'm not a mustard guy. I, I mean, I had them with saltines, but I prefer a, a nice spicy horseradish cocktail. Uh, yeah. And they serve one. Of the, Al's has a really spicy uh, cocktail that I like. Yes, I like that. That's uh, those are some good answers. So if you're in Baltimore, <laughs> make sure you hit up some of those plates. I was taking notes, time. and I'm from Baltimore. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. by the way, it, it, I mean a couple things here while I'm uh, plugging my sponsors. Yeah. If you go to Michael's, get the split level soup. That's half cream of crab, oh, half good. regular oh, crab. Phenomenal. If you go to Box Hill, if you don't leave with the salad dressing, you're making a mistake. Leave it with at least one bottle to go home because mm-hmm. it'll run you back up there. If you're down at Costas, obviously they got the big fat crabs at Costas. I mean, mm-hmm. they serve crabs there as they do at Al's. Uh, you get carry out at Al's. Uh, so yeah, and they, they have pit beef at Costas too. So oh, those yeah. are all my crab cake locations. Where Whatever the nearest one, I would implore you to you know have a little crab cake war and go see them all. Okay? Yeah, and I like that. People. And they're all Baltimore located. They're all local. They're none of this corporate nonsense. Yeah, that's a good answer right there. So we want to get a little bit into your story um, with with your wife Jen. And uh, we, uh, for our listeners who who may not have have heard of you before, give us a little bit of background as to what has happened um, in your guys' life and what you have dealt with uh, over the past few years. Well, I went to a hockey game back in 2003 mm-hmm. <laughs> in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. Had a friend of mine uh, who lived there and said, uh, come on up, spend the weekend, see some hockey. I know a girl. 
And I said, yeah, sure. They all say that. So uh, <laughs> I was introduced to her at a hockey game uh, at a Manchester Monarchs game. Uh, and uh, we got married six months later. We've been married for 15 years. And on March 20th of 2014, she was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of leukemia, uh, a leukemia called ABL uh, bilineal uh, by lineage, uh, which is uh, both ALL and AML. Uh, she needed a bone marrow transplant. They knew that right away. And we would have to go to the bone marrow registry if she did not have a family member who was a match. Uh, her sister is a, an MS patient and could not be a match. Um, and she did not have any matches in her family. Uh, so therefore, she had to go out to the bone marrow registry where in June of 2014, uh, she got into remission, got her body into a position of of doing well enough through the chemotherapy at Johns Hopkins to receive a bone marrow transplant. Uh, she survived in the summer of 2014 after a, a relatively gruesome recovery and, um, and, and got better into 2015. In the summer of 15, we had started swabbing people. Uh, it's a very simple 30-second procedure where you put saliva on two Q-tips, you put it into an envelope, you fill out a form, your saliva and DNA, your marker is matched around the world for blood cancer patients or, or a match, a perfect match. My wife had two people in the world that could have saved her life oh, wow. in June of 2014. Uh, so in the summer of 15, we had swabbed many Ravens, many Ravens fans, many Baltimore-related uh, people, many people in the pathway of the 100,000 followers that we have uh, in the universe on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and through my career and being a, a Baltimore sports uh, media personality, um, we, in 2015, decided to do a baseball tour for my love of baseball and all mm -hmm. the years I'd done that. And we did 30 ballparks in 30 days. It had always been on my bucket list. And watching my wife almost die in 2014 really gave us uh, uh, you know, pause to say, you know, what things in your life do you want to do that you haven't done that you should do? Uh, because they're there and you're healthy and alive and have the time and the ability and the the wherewithal to do it. So we did 30 ballparks in 30 days. I did 30 ballparks in 30 days. She mm -hmm. only did 18 of the 30 ballparks because she actually had to work. Mm. She had missed <laughs> uh, nine months of work um, during her first battle uh, with leukemia. At, uh, and she's an engineer at Verizon. She's been there for 25 years. And uh, we have incredible health insurance and an incredible support system of loved ones, sponsors, friends, pastors in Howard County, you know, people everywhere <laughs> that have reached out to us. So we completed the tour in the summer of 15. We swabbed about 4,000 people on our journey in all the ballparks. My wife threw out the first pitch in various places. We took a bunch of celebrities various places and, um, to swab. And uh, then later that summer, my wife was re-diagnosed with leukemia. The leukemia returned much more aggressively the second time. Uh, she needed to uh, have something called graft-versus-host disease, which is a real sticky um, uh, immune system reaction that you need your body to have to sort of bake the cancer if you're familiar mm. with the shingles or um, uh, uh, the chicken pox or those kind of viral infections that sort of bake your body. She needed to have that happen in order to survive. Um, the young man who had saved her life in Germany, we knew he was in Germany. Uh, he was still anonymous to us. We needed him to step up again and save her life a second time in uh, November of 2015. So about, uh, uh, about 30 months ago, almost uh, 29 months ago, 
And he stepped up and saved her life again in November of 2015. And there's a two-year waiting period when you are a donor and a, a survivor. If you're from Germany in the U.S., it's a two-year waiting period. If both sides are from America, it's a one-year waiting period. There are a lot of countries in the world where it's three years, four years, or you never meet your donor. Your donor forever remains anonymous. Mm. Um, and the German law was two years. So in uh, and my wife, uh, we nearly lost my wife during the holidays of 2015. Um, uh, she was very, very ill uh, from the effects of the second transplant. And uh, that was between Thanksgiving and, uh, and Christmas. And she really rallied back uh, very, very uh, significantly in January and February of 2016. And uh, so now it's 2018. So the last two years, she has uh, been on a, a good pathway to staying healthy and getting her strength back and going back to work and being able to travel and um, do most of the things that she loves to do. So uh, we're we're very blessed and fortunate, uh, and we now know her donor who uh, has visited here, and we visited him in Europe a few times. He actually was at that Raven stinker yeah. uh, over yeah. Wembley back in September. We're not blaming it on him because they, <laughs> Ravens did win two games when he came to America back in 2016. Gotcha. So. Or uh, seventeen, so or sixteen, excuse me. So yeah, so uh, it's uh, it's quite a tangled web, and it's a long story. And uh, you know, I would encourage you to go out and you can Google Jen Strong or give a spit out on the web, and you can see many, 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 many pictures, videos, stories, uh, encouragement, uh, pictures of my wife with various shades of hair. She began as a blonde uh, with straight hair. She's now a brunette with curly hair. <laughs> Some days it leads a little red. Uh, so, yeah, she is her donor. So um, the blood that, that powers her body is created by the engine uh, created by her donor. So if she leaves wow. her blood at a crime scene, it's his blood. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy so she can get away, get away with anything right now. Then. <laughs> so how he, is, you... he is a little worried about the girl in America that could set him up for uh, all sorts of espionage. So. Yeah. So, so how do you stay strong and stay positive during – because you didn't do, go through this once. You went through this twice. And um, I know you went through it quick. Just kind of give us a brief uh, overview of the story. But I imagine there's some rough nights and there's some hard things. And, you gotta, and you're a radio personality, so you have to keep working and do all that stuff. How do you stay positive during something as terrible as, as that, going through it twice? I guess at various points in my life when I used to believe – certain things were impossible. Um, you try to avoid limiting beliefs. I'm a big Tony Robbins guy in my, uh, life and in my career, I've done fire walks with Tony Robbins. My wife did a fire walk when we first got married and, you know, I, I sort of programmed myself in the early 1990s to not have limiting beliefs. Um, you know, I would say that I'm always someone looking for, um, a model, you know, someone who's done a radio show, had a radio show, survived cancer, whatever you're trying to accomplish, you know, if you want to learn to play the guitar, find someone who learned how to play it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a pretty simple, uh, you know, sort of, I've lived my life in that way, trying to seek out people smarter than me with more wisdom than me so I can walk out of the room smarter than I walked into the room. Um, my wife did a fire walk with Tony Robbins in 2003, and one of the first things, in the first night we... Um, she was diagnosed on the Thursday of March Madness. So, you know, the games mm. were going on 
It was March 20th. It was the first day of the tournament, which is kind of, a, you know, a little bit of a national holiday for beer drinkers and pizza eaters and wing eaters and, you know, pool followers and, like, all that sort of stuff and bracket filler outers and all that. And, uh, you know, doctor walked in at 5 o'clock and said, you have leukemia, and we didn't really even know what it was. I mean, we, we went to Google, and at 6 o'clock, he walked out of the room, and the team of doctors walked out of the room and left behind a binder, and you're on your own. And, you know, the first thing we did was reach the Chuck Pagano, who – was then the Indianapolis Colts coach who had survived leukemia. He was the only human being that we knew who was in my phone that we could reach to privately. I mean, we didn't even tell her mother. We didn't tell my mother, my son, her father, her sister. No one in the world knew but us and the doctors and Chuck Pagano and Chuck Pagano's wife. And he called us back that day and, you know, through tears and, you know, everything that we were about to go through said that in the end, this will be a blessing to you. Hmm. Uh, in the end, it'll be a gift. So, uh, you know, that was our first piece of advice. And then after that, you, you don't, I mean, guys, you, you don't have a lot of choice here. You're either right. going to go fight with some vision of what happens on the other end and surviving and trying to find people who have survived and ask them how in the world they did it. Um, I don't think you can think about, um, you know, it's an interesting little story. I don't think I've ever admitted this to anybody. Um, yeah, I was talking to my wife about this a couple of weeks ago because I lost my mom in August. My mm. mom was 98 years old and, you know, she died and I'm dealing with the aftermath of houses and estates and money and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah. you know, all through my wife's battle, as close to my wife came to dying, we never talked about her dying. I have no idea whether she wanted to be cremated or buried, um, whether she wanted a service or not. You know, literally, we never... And she went into two diabetic comas, and I, we easily could have lost her at any point in a 60-day arc in November, December. And we never talked about it. Yeah. Strangely enough. Mm. I, I don't ask me why, because believe me, I thought about it. I, you know, yeah. There were long stretches. You know, For about four to six weeks during that period of time, I was pretty resigned to the fact that she, she might not make it. You know, I was resigned to that fact. Um, but never before that. You know, not, not until she got very, very sick that I ever even consider that. And it certainly was never something we discussed. So, uh, you know, that, you know, if your only outcome is how am I going to survive, you'll probably, it's probably a, a better mindset than, um, you know, how am I not going to die? How about that? Yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so you went fighting basically and, and trying to be as resilient as possible. And yeah, I like how you said like, I don't know any other way. I mean, what else, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, that's a great way to think I, about it. What other you know, option do you have? When I was writing, um, I wrote a book on the Ravens, second show, well, on both of their championships, uh, Purple Rain 1 and 2. And when I was writing the second book with Joe Flacco, I, you know, I spent a lot of time with Joe. And I had spent a lot of time with Joe before he won a championship. Uh, we had you know, become friendly and friends and a little bit social and conversational, maybe more so than other media members. And I don't know. We just hit it off. I, mm -hmm. I Joe Flacco is still my favorite all-time Baltimore athlete, bar none. I mean, you know, he's the first guy that called me when he found out in Vegas that my wife might die, mm. and said, "What can we do? What you know? I'm here with Tucker and Pitta and 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 uh, and, uh, and Todd Heap. We're out in Vegas. What can we do to help you and your wife?" And I said, "Well, come in and swab. You know, that's the kind of guy Joe is." And I'm with Joe, um, and this is before my wife was diagnosed, because this is back in 13, and my wife was diagnosed in March of 14. And I'm writing the book, and I'm up in Philadelphia with him, 
and we're at his favorite sports bar, incidentally watching the first day of March Madness the year before, strangely enough, <laughs> and we spent the entire day together. Like, I went up to his house, we went to the place where he golfs, we went to his high school, we went to the McDonald's that he used to hang out with his wife, we went to the school where his grandfather on, on his side and his wife's grandfather on her side played football together in the 50s on the same football team. And, I, you know, I asked him about staying resilient when things went bad and when he threw the bad interception and when it looked like only a miracle could save them in Denver and throwing that Jacoby Jones miracle pass <laughs> and all that stuff. And, and I said to him, you know, how did you stay positive? Which is a very typical media, you know, sort of idiot right. sideline question to ask. You know, yeah. anyone who wins, how did you come through the tough parts, you know? And he said to me, well, why the hell would you think any way, any way else? Why yeah. would you think about losing? That just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why would I spend a second thinking about losing? There'd be plenty of time to think about that after you lose. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and I thought, oh, there you go. You know, there'd be plenty of time to think about her dying after she dies. We're not going to think about that while she's alive, right? Mm, yeah. So yeah. That, it seemed, seemed pretty fundamental to me. Yeah, I, yeah. And I still would say it's pretty fundamental to anyone that, you know, that you have to believe mm -hmm. and you have to do everything you can do, mm -hmm. uh, including believing is a big part of it. That's the first the first thing you have to do is you have to believe. You That's know? right. That's right. That's great. Well, we know that, that we got to get you out of here. So with the, the last question that we got for you is, what's the best way that, that people can help? I know you've talked on, on, the, on the bone marrow swab and a little bit about that. So what's the best way that people can help uh, uh, with cancer or anybody else in a similar situation as, as your family has been in? Uh, well, I, you know, get swabbed, get yep. educated on it. Um, you know, understand that someone in or around your life, if you live long enough, if you're going to live another five, 10, 20, 30 years, uh, most of us plan to live that long, uh, mm -hmm. someone in or around your family, your circle, your workspace, your school, your church, your wherever, your social group, your former high school class, whatever, someone's going to get leukemia and they're going to, uh, probably lean toward, uh, uh, fixing that person with a bone marrow transplant. That's the way it works these days hmm. is they, they fix your, they retool your DNA. So you become a new healthy person. So my wife isn't my old wife anymore. She's her donor. And the quickest way and the easiest way to do that is to uh, get registered on, on the, the, the match. Uh, you can go to be the match or you can go to DKMS.org. Uh, Delete Blood Cancer is the organization that saved my wife's life out of Germany and uh, takes about 30 seconds. It's free and easy. Uh, you can go to therego'smyhero.org. That's the group we work with. They're a Bel Air-based organization of survivors. So when you mention uh, you know local charity, uh, Eric Sauer and Michelle Bresnik Walsh are founders. They met uh, in a hospital gurney next to each other, walking the floors back in 2008 wow. and 2009 as patients. They both had their lives saved. They swore if they had their lives saved, they would create this foundation, and they have. And they've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars over the last decade, including coming to my wife's bed and coaching her mm -hmm. so there goes my hero.org uh and uh you know give a spit that's all i can say that's great that's great well we really appreciate your time and and taking time to, to share your story with us we're looking forward to going with you on the ray lewis trip in august we're going to be hanging out with yeah. you guys at wnst road trip and going out to, to ohio and uh that'll be a fun time so nestor thank you for your time we're we are praying for you and your family and uh, anything else that we can ever do to help as well just give us a shout all is well, man. We'll see you guys on the way out there. Not too many people are excited about going to Cleveland, but I'm glad you guys are. <laughs> hey, we're, we're pumped. We got a group going, so yeah, we're, we're ready we're to go. Fun, yeah.
We'll have a great time, man. It'll be a long bus ride, but uh, it'll be worth a little Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We're going to do right. baseball in Pittsburgh, baseball in Cleveland. You're going to love the ballpark in, uh, in Pittsburgh. It's lovely. So, yeah, I've heard uh, it's Hey, I appreciate awesome. you guys having me on your podcast, and yeah. uh, uh, keep the faith out there, man. That we'll, sounds uh, good. We'll, we'll keep spreading the word, trying to do the right thing. That sounds good. Awesome. We th- thanks a lot, Nestor. Thanks, Nestor. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.